Hi there, and God bless you. I'm Brian Hallam. I pray that this message is a blessing to you. Thank you for downloading it, and thank you for following me on Twitter and Instagram and for liking and sharing what we post there. I just want you to know that I believe God wants to do something great in your life and in your family. So as we go into the Word today, let's go in with faith and hope and a high level of expectation for what God is going to do in your life. Open your Bible to John chapter number 9. John chapter 9. We're continuing this morning in our series, Love People and Point Them to Christ. For you and for me, it's imperative that we take a Jesus-style approach. Does, does everybody remember those, those bracelets that used to be, you know, WWJD, what would Jesus do? That's really one of the simplest you know, phrases in, in humanity, but it just makes sense. And almost without exception, Jesus would love people. Matter of fact, we can't find a record in our Bible where Jesus was not acting in love in some capacity or another. John chapter 9, verse 1. This is uh, most likely in Jerusalem because that's where they were the chapter before, and it doesn't really reference that there's been a moving. Uh, but Jesus passed by, the Bible says, John chapter 9, and he saw a man which was blind from his birth. He saw a man which was blind from his birth, and his disciples, I don't believe they were asking this next question in a hostile manner. I believe they were asking this, this next question because religion had taught them that every time you experience something bad, you must have done something bad. Every time you experience something wrong or a trial or a tribulation, you must have done something wrong. So I don't believe that the disciples were trying to be hostile and can I just say this? Uh, sometimes that's true. You, you know, if, if, if you're in sin, you're going to experience a lot more trouble than you would otherwise. Meaning you can, you can literally walk straight into calamity. You know, if there's, a, if there's a pit full of snakes, bless God, don't jump in it. The problem is it never tells you I'm a pit full of snakes. It'll have a, a, a pretty sheet or something over the top of it that says, oh, this is going to be so fun. You're going to enjoy this so much. Go ahead and do this. Nobody will know. And then you jump in and you realize it's a pit full of snakes. And then you get bit and you're like, well, I don't know what happened. Sin can make a fool of you. But just because you are doing something, uh, just because you're experiencing a tribulation does not mean you're in sin. Can I get a witness? Jesus Christ was tempted by the devil in the wilderness. Jesus Christ was pursued constantly, and he never sinned. Uh, just because you're experiencing something uh, that's not pleasant doesn't mean that you're in sin. The Scripture says that the disciples asked him, says, Master, who sinned to make this man blind? Was it his parents or was it him? And, and, and Jesus answered and said, Neither has this man sinned, nor... Have his parent, nor have his parents, uh, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. This man's parents didn't sin. The boy was born blind. The Bible says that it rains on the just and it rains on the unjust alike. 
In one uh, depiction, Jesus is kind of answering the same type question. And, and there was a tower that fell over and killed some people. And Jesus kind of says it this way. He says, are the people that were standing in the shadow of the tower, are they less, are they more wicked than the people that were not? He said, bad things happen to good people. Good things happen to bad people. Have you ever seen uh, some of the, the celebrities that, that, that have more money than, than you could put, you know, in a, in an, you could fill up an entire cruise ship with money and, and they just are, are constantly spewing anti-God. And I'm not talking about just celebrities. You and I know everybody. But when you, talk, when you talk about somebody that everybody can relate to, it helps us get a picture of it. But there's plenty of people out there that are just, they're so anti-God. They're so completely anti-God. It's like, well, why are they so successful if they're so anti-God? Well, that's because it rains on the just and the unjust alike. Good things happen to bad people and bad things can happen to good people. This all started in the book of Genesis when Adam and Eve decided that uh, a little bit of fruit was more important than their relationship with their father. And, and we're not here to blame Adam and Eve because I personally believe if Adam and Eve hadn't done that, somebody before now would have done that. So for you and for me, it's imperative to recognize just because you're experiencing something wrong does not mean you're in sin. Just because you're experiencing something hostile doesn't mean you're in sin. Sometimes it means you are exactly where you need to be. Sometimes if you're staring at a wall that seems unsurmountable, seems like it couldn't be destroyed if you had to, you might be exactly where God's called you to be. God sent, God sent the Israelites, and as soon as they crossed over into the promised land, meaning they'd finally got their act together in the wilderness, they crossed the river Jordan, they get in the promised land, and the first thing they encountered was a city called Jericho that had walls that could not be penetrated. And God didn't tell them, hey, this looks like a problem. Y'all must have done something wrong. God said, you are right where I want you to be. March around that city. And when I give you the signal, I want you to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. And you'll see the, the walls fall in front of your face. So literally, he says, nobody sinned. He said, but... He said, and, and that word but's a very interesting word uh, in the Greek. It literally is the word nevertheless. So whatever situation you're in, whether you caused it, whether the devil himself showed up with a pitchfork and a, for, and, and a pointy tail and did it to you, or whether it's just the fact that it rains on the just and unjust alike, no matter why you're in that situation, your answer is, nevertheless, God has a plan for your victory. You say, well, I, I did a lot of stuff wrong. I say, yes, you did. Nevertheless, God has a plan for your victory. He said, but I, I don't understand. I, 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 I did this and I shouldn't have said this and I, I'm on my second or third or fifth or 17th marriage and all these other things. Nevertheless, God has a plan for your victory. This man was blind since birth and everybody was uh, wanting to question the problem and the answer was standing right there. Have you ever been, been in a situation and, and you, you, you couldn't figure it out, couldn't figure it out, and finally you just go to bed. You're like, all right, I'm just going to go to bed. And the next morning, the answer is just standing there. It's like, man, I just figured it out. I, I don't know why. That's because if you stay problem-focused, you will miss the answer when the problem has, when the, and the answer has already showed himself strong. If you stay problem-focused, Meaning, if, if, if you, let's just take your car for example. If you have a flat tire, 
And you're trying to figure out, is it a nail in my tire? Did the valve stem go bad? Is my rim bad? And you're sitting on, on, on Interstate 10 in downtown Houston, cars just ripping by you. And you're sitting there going, well, I just need to figure out what happened to this tire. What you need to do is get on the phone and call somebody who will change your tire or get busy with the jack, but stop focusing on the problem and start focusing on the answer. You had a bunch of people here that were trying to figure, including the disciples. You had a bunch of people here who were trying to figure out the problem and the source of the problem, and they almost missed the entire answer. Jesus said, neither has this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night comes when no man can work. Bump your neighbor and say, go get it. Bump your other neighbor and say, what are you waiting for? Jesus said, I have to work now because there's a day coming. I'm here in the light, but there's a day coming where I'm not going to have the opportunity. Now, he could have been talking about his three and a half year stint in ministry. He could have been talking about uh, before the Son of Man returns and takes us out of here and the world is judged. But all these things come into play. And the reality is, is you've got to get the mindset of if not me, who? If not now, when? Somebody better get busy about their father's business or we're going to miss some people. Jesus is concerned about people. Therefore, we're concerned about people. That's why this series and, uh, and the whole theme of our church is to love people and to point them to Christ. If you come in this church with a problem, you're going to be really comfortable because we got lots of them in here. If you come to church with everything figured out, you might not be so comfortable. We're going to love people and we're going to point them to Christ. Jesus continues... And he says, as long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. Jesus said, these things and greater shall you do. You are not the light of the world personally, but you are a light in the kingdom of God. The Bible says that uh, should we take a candle and put it under a bushel, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. You and me, while we are here, everybody take in one deep breath. Just go, (gasps) while you have breath, you have a job to do. While you have heart, a heart beating in your chest, you have a job to do. And our job is to get so good at loving people that they want to know what's different about you. And then we just point them to Christ. So Jesus is walking by. Let's kind of get a picture of this. So Jesus is walking by. And, and he's already done a lot. But he, he's walking by and he sees a blind man. And the, the disciples, they, he knows that he's blind since he's been born. They all know this. And the disciples say, Jesus, who sinned to make this man blind? And Jesus said, really, nobody sinned. This, this man's just blind. He said, but nevertheless, he said, regardless of why he is blind, I am about to do something so powerful, it's going to shake the transi- It's going to shake the entire uh, 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 purpose of what you guys see. Because all you're focusing on is why the problem, and I'm trying to to tell you that the answer has arrived to quit worrying about why the problem so much and start worrying about who the answer is he said so even though there is an issue I'm not denying the issue I'm just telling you I'm here to fix the issue not to debate with you where the problem came from Jesus says, he goes, he goes, all right, he says, and when he had said this when he had thus spoken when he said I'm the light of the world he spit on the ground spit in the dust and he made clay of the spittle. He made just some, some, some little bit of mud. And he anointed the eyes of the man with the clay. You know, that sounds really different to me. 
So if we were going to have, if you needed prayer for healing, a couple of things. One, I might be hesitant to get a wheelbarrow full of dirt up here, a wheelbarrow full of dirt up here. That's my East Texas coming out. Wheelbarrow, tell you what. (laughs) Full of dirt and spit in it and make a little mud pie and then rub it on your eyeballs. It sounds really different. It sounds really out of touch. I would say it's just back to basics. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Continues to say that nothing was made that was not made by Him. And way yonder long ago in Genesis, the Bible says He took that very same stuff that Jesus just spit in. He took that dust, and He formed man in His likeness and His image. And I just, I just wonder if Jesus wasn't saying, Guys, remember, it was from dust you came from. Remember, I'm the one that formed man out of this stuff. Maybe we should get back to the basics. Sometimes we start going through things in our life, and we're having issues, and we're trying to figure out what to do. And then all of a sudden you think, Well, maybe I should just pray about it. And then you pray about it, and it gets better better and you're like wow that worked and it's like all I did was go back to basics all I did was get back to the basics yes I want to know when Jesus is coming back everybody wants to know when Jesus is coming back the problem with knowing when Jesus is coming back is everybody who has guessed up to now has been wrong the reason they have been wrong is because the B-I-B-L-E says nobody knows the day nor the hour so for you and for me, understanding those, those, those unbelievably finite, small, imperative, sometimes the Bible says the secret things belong to the Lord. Some things are so small in the big picture that if we can get back to basics... I remember watching a movie one time and there was a, a mechanic and he was working, I think it was a lawnmower and he was cranking it. He couldn't get it to crank. Have you ever tried to crank anything and it wouldn't crank? My wife has a tiller. And, and bless God Almighty, that thing will crank like crazy after you have been running it. But when you first start, you just better like get you some Gatorade and a face towel because you're going to be doing this for about 10 minutes. <laughs> this guy in this movie, he's sitting there trying to crank this thing. And he's so mad, he's yelling, he's cussing at it, he's throwing the thing. And then all of a sudden, this guy walks up that's kind of a special needs guy. And he goes, he goes, I can't figure out what's wrong with this blankety blank. I checked everything, yada, yada, yada. And the guy just, just simple Simon kind of thought, he just kneels down and he unscrews the top and he goes, there's no gas in it. <laughs> Sometimes going back to basics is the best thing a Christian can do. Jesus spit in the dust and just like he had done in the book of Genesis, he made a new eyeball. He anointed the man's eyes with the dust, the Bible says, and he said unto him, Now go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing the neighbors, therefore, and they which before had seen him that he was blind, said, Is not this he that sat and begged? Isn't this the one who was blind? Is not this the man who was blind? Is not this him? Some said this is him. Others says he's like him. But the man says I am him. Here's the thing. 
There's a lot of people in your life, and they know the old you. There's a lot of, you, you, you know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Ray Ray. You know what I'm talking about? Every friend you've got that's got a nickname. You know what I'm saying? Everyone. Some of them in my, ha- in my life were big country. Everybody, everybody knew big country. Everybody knew where big country was going to be on Friday night. It was just the way of it. If they got a nickname in your past that rhymes with anything, it's like twice their first name, like Ray Ray, big country, Pookie, uh, 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 my dog, anybody like that. If they're in your past like that, let me just tell you something. They might not recognize you when the scales come off your eyes and you can now see you begin to walk in the same room and they say, I thought this was Trey and Trey says yeah it's me and then the other friend's going that's not the Trey I know the Trey I know he used to burn it down he used to take it to town I tell you what and you walk in the room and you go I'm still I'm still Trey I'm just a new Trey there's people in your life that are there for a reason and there's people in your life that are there for a season and you better recognize which level they fall in Because if you stay around the people that want to keep calling you blind, before you know it, you'll start acting blind again. You'll start trying to figure out, I don't understand. I use it. These guys are still good. These gals are still good. If all they do is sit around and talk about their husband, you got no business having a conversation with them. Because the next thing they're going to do is they're going to say it's so subtle. You know what I mean? And the minute you say, yeah, I know, you're just trying to be polite. Let me tell you what you just did spiritually. You just touched and agreed what they just said. It's a shift. This man was blind. Now he's not blind. And he walks back to the same place wearing the same clothes on the same day. And half of his friends says, no, that's not him. No, he's a real G. That's not him. He, he wouldn't do that. He wouldn't walk in like that. Some people in your life are there for you to witness and minister to. And some people in your life, maybe not forever, but they need to be put on the sidelines. Somebody give God a hand of praise. If you can't see me for who I am today, I'm not sure I need to see you much more. Well, you want them, you know, you just throw, I'm not throwing anybody away, period. Our goal is to love people and point them to Christ, but an empty vessel can't pour out. And if all they're doing is poking holes in you, oh, it's quiet in the library. So the scripture says, they said, they said, verse 10, how then were your eyes open? Verse 11, he answered, and and here's the situation. It won't happen every time. And it starts like this. When, when they realize you're serious about God, it starts like this. Hey, man, no, we're cool. I know you're a church person now. I know you're a Jesus person now, but we're still cool. And it is for a little while. But then it starts to come about and it's like, well, man, you know, I'm just, I'm not trying to be rude. And I know you found Jesus and stuff. But you have just changed so much. And it started to kind of pull on your heartstrings. And you're like, oh, well, I still want to be friends. And you say, they said, yeah, you know, you just, 
whatever, man, you used to hang with stuff, and now you don't do that. And, and you've got to get to the place where you recognize what you were doing got you where you were, but what you were doing will not get you where God wants you to be. So they sit there and they say, they say, how then were your eyes open? And, and most of the time, this is where Christians, we feel inadequate to describe. We feel ill-prepared. We have concern that they might know a Bible verse that we don't know. And so we hesitate to use it. So what I love about the blind man, because then they didn't have Braille, so he had never read the Bible. All he had experienced was the living word. And he came and he said, they said, how then were you able to see? And he goes, instead of trying to figure out how to describe to them when Jesus is coming back, which is kind of what happens whenever you become a Christian for a really long time, you start to think that the things that Jesus says you can't figure out are important. You're going to be the one that's going to figure it out. When in reality, he's really saying, if you'll just go after the people that I want you to go after, I'll bless you like you could never imagine. I said, well, how then could you see? And he didn't say, well, Isaiah 53 said. He didn't say, well, if you turn to the book of Revelation. He said, let me, let me tell you this. He said, all I can tell you is a man called Jesus made clay. Now, he has no idea how correct he really was when he said Jesus made clay. Because he didn't just mix the clay Thousands of years before, in the beginning, he made the clay. He said, there's a man named Jesus. And he made some clay. And he anointed my eyes. He put it on my eyes and said unto me. Now, here's the thing. This is much weirder to you and me than it would have been to them. This is much weirder to you and me than it would have been to them. Because it was believed in those days that the saliva of a firstborn son had healing properties. That the spit of a firstborn son had healing properties. So this is weird to you and me. We're talking about spitting on the ground, making some mud, and rubbing on somebody's eyes. To them, it was, it was like a holistic, therapeutic ideology. It was, it, was, it was not, I'm not saying it happened every day, but it wasn't that uncommon. And he anointed my eyes and he said unto me, Now go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and I received my sight. Then said they unto him, Where is he? And he answered, I don't know. The Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. The Bible says we live by faith, not by... The Bible says we live by faith, not by... I wonder why Jesus healed so many blind people. They weren't restricted by what they could see. Even when the man was asked, well, where's this Jesus now? Have you ever had that feeling? Maybe they don't say it to you exactly, but it's just projected on you. Where's your Jesus now? He said, I don't know. This man had never seen Jesus. He couldn't pick him out of a crowd. He might could tell you the calluses on his carpenter hands. 
He might could tell you the gentleness and the meekness of his voice, but he couldn't pick him out of a lineup. He'd never seen the man. Blessed are them who believe and have not seen. You see, we fall into this category maybe more than anybody else. And if you're being honest, you've had the thought, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand. I wish I had more information in a, on a given topic or area of the scripture or area of faith. And if you stay stuck in what you don't know and you stay problem focused, you'll completely miss the answer that's already on the inside of you. Because the answer is not what God did for Brian Hallam. The answer is, what did God do for you? Because when they come to you, and they will, and it doesn't happen every time. Most of the time, Ray Ray, he's going to call you in the middle of the night. That Jesus stuff you talk about, is that for real? Very real. He really changed your life. He really changed my life. Well, what's he like? I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. I've never seen him. But his touch is so gentle and strong. And when he touches you, you'll never be the same. You've never seen him? No, but when he speaks to me. I feel my entire self come to life again when he just says my name. Well, you've never seen him? I've never seen him. Where is he now? Well, the Bible says he's up there with his dad preparing a place for me. Where is heaven? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? How do you even know he's real? I was blind. I could not see. And with the most gentle touch, he brought vision into my life. And purpose. What do you mean purpose? I mean, he'll tell you what you were created to do. You've never seen him? No, but I've heard him. What's he sound like? It's not those ears. It's somewhere in here where he makes residence. And when he makes residence, he speaks. And sometimes... It's, it's like the voice of a, of a good father can be correcting. Sometimes it's the voice of a good coach just encouraging you, don't quit, don't give up, don't stop, don't surrender, don't back up, just keep going. Sometimes it's the voice of the master that reminds you that he knows the end from the beginning and if you can find a way to trust him even when it doesn't make sense even when it feels like I haven't been able to see for some time now what's a little spit and mud going to do for me sometimes just going back to basics I'm just going to pray every morning 
Well, what if I forget? Then I'm going to pray tomorrow morning. At lunchtime, I'm going to pray. When I get to a restaurant, I'm going to stop for just a second before I eat my lunch. And I'm going to ask the Lord to bless my food. The scripture would say it like this, to bless my bread and my water. And then I'm going to take it one step further. And every time that I pray that prayer, I'm going to thank God for something he's done in my life. And before you know it, you develop a lifestyle of prayer and a lifestyle of leaning in on him. And when this happens, when you develop that lifestyle, this is when you walk in the same room you've always walked in with the same people you've always been around and somehow nobody even recognizes you. Because it's then when you remove yourself from the habitual problems and you become a part of the team that brings answers to every situation. Because they don't need another rascal to roll in the mud with the pigs. They need somebody who will stand there. And even if you don't, this man didn't have all the answers. Where is he? I don't know. What's he like? His name's Jesus. What's he look like? Bro, I was blind. Well, where is I told you I don't know. Three times they ask the man and they confront the man. Three times they asked him. I'm going to stop for the sake of time. Three times they asked the man. Well, so tell us again what happened. He's like, all right. So the first time, you know, he gives a description about this long. It starts to get shorter and shorter and shorter. And finally, he just goes, look, spit, dirt, mud, eyes, I'm healed. Done. <laughs> well, where is he? I don't know. What's his name? Jesus. Ooh. What's his name? Jesus. Three times they ask him, then they, then they corner his parents. What's this boy like? Wasn't he blind from birth? Yes, he was blind from birth. Well, what happened to him? And the parents said, he can answer for himself. And the man says, I'm telling you, I could not see. Now I can see. His name is Jesus. That's all I know. He made a real stand for God. A real stand. And when he did... He was ridiculed by everybody around him. And he was actually thrown out of the synagogue. Wouldn't that be nice? To get healed. <laughs> and then get thrown out of church. You are too healed to be in church. Glory to God. <laughs> they threw him out of church. But what was cool is right after he got thrown out of church, Jesus comes walking up and says, Hey, you see me now? Man says, you're him. He says, I'm him. You see, Jesus was exceptional. Please stand to your feet. Jesus was exceptional at loving people and being the answer. At loving people and being the answer. So for you and for me, as we simplify and we go back to basics of just loving people and pointing them to Christ, it's imperative that when we think of pointing them to Christ, we are pointing them to the answer. 
He is the answer to every situation. He's the answer when you have a bad report. He's the answer when you have a good report. He's the answer when everything is telling you, you can't see. You're the same old, same old. I don't even recognize you. He is the answer when nothing else will do. Please bow your head and close your eyes. If you're here today and you're not right with God, oh, wait a minute. Thank you, Lord. If you're here today and that's you, and you say, you know, I really feel like, I really feel like I've been ridiculed. I really feel like I've been ostracized for my faith. The decisions that I've made have caused my relationships to shift. The Bible says that the man had to endure that, but then Jesus did go meet the man right where he was. I'm going to pray in just a minute, but if that's you and you say, Pastor, I really could use just a double dose of strength today. Three times they asked the man. Three times he answered. I know you would do the same, but God can give you supernatural strength in those situations. If that's you and you feel like you've been outcast or set aside for your faith, I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. I'm just going to pray right where you are. If that's you, just lift one hand. Say, I want to be included in that prayer. His hands all over the building. Is there anyone else? Thank you, brother. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Is there anyone else? Maybe it's in your own family. I'm getting that real strong in my spirit. In your own family, you felt like a, you felt like a black sheep, so to speak. In your own family, if that's you, lift your hand up. There you are. 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 Thank you. There you are. There you are. There. Yeah, I get it. And, and, and it's hard because you, you, you wear this coat of many colors and Anytime we picture that, we picture, you know, a coat with stripes. And, you know, the thing is, your stripes are, are, are like a jacket or a coat that we put on. But Jesus' stripes, they'll never come off. They'll never come off. So when you think about your uniqueness and the stripes that you wear, you always should relate them to the stripes that Jesus wear because it is with the stripes on His back that He purchased all of our victories. So if that's you and you've just felt ostracized by your family, maybe, I don't know, you, you know, the, you're stuck up because you don't go to the bar with us anymore. You're stuck up because when you go to the family reunion, you leave whenever everything starts getting crazy. You're stuck up because you don't want to have those conversations anymore. You're stuck up because you don't want to talk all that racist nonsense anymore. You're stuck. Listen, J Jesus, He is sitting there ready to touch every person to open the eyes of our understanding. And then as we go through the questions and the ridicule he will meet you outside the gate and say they might throw you out but I will never leave you and I will never forsake you if that's you and you, you lifted your hand or you wanted to just lift one hand to heaven Father in Jesus name as we go through this life of just really your Bible says we're peculiar and you know I, I'm not even mad about that 
I wear that as a badge. I, I don't want to be like the world. Your Bible says we're in the world. We're not of the world. If the world wants to do all that nonsense, let them do all that nonsense. But I don't believe that Jesus was nailed to a tree so that we could just go and, and act like the world acts. I believe in the name of Jesus that he was crucified for our sins on our behalf and paid the price for us and we have victory over it. And everybody doesn't understand to understand how we walk and why we walk. But Father, I just thank you that while we are doing our best in this thing and we're living for you and we're not trying to give everybody every answer to everything under the sun we're just trying to love them and point them to you and sometimes God it is draining on who we are but you are the great restorer in you is found refreshing and you has found the anointing of joy and I ask you God even if it's in families and circles of friends that you would so gird us up and equip us that we would never lose our focus that we would recognize that it is you who has positioned us and prepared us for those times and none of the small little tribulations that we endure here they can't even compare to the splendor of when we walk through those pearly gates stride across beautiful streets of gold only to look to the side of the north and to see the great throne that your father sits on with you sitting next to him, shining like a beacon for that city needs no other light but you. The loved ones who have gone before us, those who've gone before their time, those, low God, who plowed the ground to make it easier for, for those in this room. I just thank you, Lord God, that you constantly equip us and gird us up to endure. In Jesus' name. Now, if you're here today and you're not right with God, you're not living right, you're not doing right, Jesus is not Lord of your life. Or maybe you'd say, I'm backslid, I'm like the prodigal son, and I want to come home. If that's you today, we're going to pray one more prayer, then we're going to dismiss. If that's you, just lift your hand when I count to three. One, two, three. Lift it up. Is there anyone here? We'll wait just a moment. Not living right, I'm not doing right. Jesus is not Lord of my life. You can look up at me, I don't see any hands. Come on, let's give God a big hand of praise. He's so faithful. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Pastor Brian or New Heights Church, visit newheightschurch.info and be sure to follow Pastor Brian on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, thank you so much for liking and sharing.